0: Jeremy's talking, antagonist today.
1: I gotta say, JT, I've been wondering how long till I would get a Jeremy from Pearl Jam reference <laughs> because I've never heard one before, ever throughout all of college or beyond. Ever. So I've been very
0: patient, and it just so <laughs> happened that the antagonist today worked really well. And I'm like, this is the week, we're gonna do it this week.
1: Okay. Well, you made it, uh, what was this? 24 odd weeks. So, you know, props, Brady props. It's been
0: harder than you think, (laughs) but we are genuinely talking
1: antagonist today. Jeremy, are you ready? I'm not ready. Okay. I'm, I'm done with my antagonism role. (laughs) So, uh, I actually looked up the formal definition of the word just so we would have one. Um, so we'd have it, uh, the definition is a person who opposes another often in a hostile manner. That's it. What did you think putting this together this week here? How'd you yeah. feel? Well, you know, I felt okay until you chided me a little bit. <laughs> well, I'm not saying it wasn't deservedly, but you know.
0: So we are now three for three with you in the last six weeks where you pick one. And then about Tuesday rolls around and you go, I don't love this one. I don't love it.
1: Wait, fairness for the heist one, it was because it was too, too much goodness. True. Not because it wasn't like a good category. The other ones were all like, I picked bad categories. (laughs) Well, just because I keep ignoring my own advice doesn't mean I'm going to keep picking bad categories.
0: Listen, I love the categories you pick, and I, I actually had a lot of fun with this week, so I'm very happy with it.
1: Yeah, the, the little quick backstory is uh JT and I were talking, and I did the, I'm having trouble, I want to change the category a little bit, and he's like, okay, we can do that. You know, I'm completely ready to go, and, and I've done my research and, and all that, but yeah, sure, let's, you know, we can change the whole thing. And by the way, everybody, he was being sincere. Thanks, JT, because- you put up with some shenanigans sometimes, my friend. I I I, I thank you for that. No, there's no no one's shenanigans I'd rather put up with, Jer. So I try shifting it around to where I think my original actual intention was, which is most charismatic villains. But JT made some very strong points, which I completely agree with that. That really is a different category. And he didn't want to use this list for that list. And so we sort of noodled around a bit and and I gave me a new framework on how to approach this list. Which, about thirty seconds later, I went off and had a ton of fun with. So now I'm feeling good. and i I was
0: feeling good until you got as excited as you did about how well you were feeling, and now I feel like my list is gonna be really weak in comparison. <laughs> well,
1: that, to, I can't I can't do anything about that. But we'll find out. Should we uh, should we see if there's any Shawshanking to be done? Let's
0: see if there is a Shawshank. So for those of you who do not know, Shawshank is the most rewatchable movie. So every week we choose, is there a movie that is so implicitly part of this that we just name it and then don't talk about it? Jeremy, I will ask you, do you believe there's a Shawshank this week?
1: I do. Really? Yes. JT, do you believe there's a Shawshank this week? I don't. Okay. Now I do. And I think I'm going to say this in a semi-cryptic way to see how quickly you pick up on where I'm going. At the time when the movie came out, and even in, probably until the internet, you would never ever have picked this character again. So it's a likable. What, 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 let's make sure we say this clearly. It's the uh, it's the top five antagonists that you were kind of rooting for. They don't have. They could be likable or unlikable, but something about them or their plot you were you were supportive of.
0: Yeah, I think supportive is a really good word. I I sort of looked at it like you understood their plight and you were like yeah i totally get it and i'm i'm to a certain extent i'm rooting for you more so potentially than the protagonist
1: right but the but their plight can't be for example mass destruction right, right. they can't just be like a, a embodiment of evil correct right okay so i would say until the internet and and like blogs and and deeper interpretations of stuff started showing up this movie and this character was like firmly that's a bad guy like he is straight up he is bad guy antagonist. But then as internet theories started emerging, people started to take his side occasionally, so much so that it's now become a whole working theory that in fact in this movie, which is a classic that I know you have seen, or you must have seen. I don't know if we've talked about it. Uh, Yeah, you must have seen. Uh, There's now working theories that actually the protagonist really was the one who messed things up for the whole situation and, and got in someone's face and whatnot and created an antagonistic environment. And then the antagonist was really just just kind of doing this thing until this, this crazy kid comes along. This is fascinating. I have
0: no idea what you're talking about. There's one on my list where I kind of was like, this could be a Shawshank. But then I was like, no, nah, I don't really think it is. And it's definitely not what you're talking about. So I'm very interested to hear what you're
1: talking about. All right, well, I'll wrap this up then because it's not meant to be the mystery forever. But there's now, the reason I'm putting it in is because of the shift in pop culture, etc., But there's now a TV show that revisits this, the, these characters. And we see both sides of the story much clearer. And it is a lot uh, murkier than it once was so much so that on this TV show, the former antagonist is considered in many ways, the protagonist. Oh man, I have no idea what you're talking about. It's a Netflix series. It started as a YouTube series. Anyhow. Oh, oh. Cobra Kai. Yeah. So Johnny Lawrence is my Shawshank in the modern context where we now have seen Cobra Kai, and he has a bigger backstory and everything. And in fact, this kid, Daniel LaRusso, showed up in his town, took his girl, kicked sand in his face, tried messing with him karate, and he was just defending himself. Yeah, he took it a little too far. Don't get me wrong. He did, you know... It's hard to say he didn't sort of maybe try to kill Russo, but you know, teenagers. What do you think?
0: I have not seen Cobra Kai yet, so for that reason, I'm comfortable with it being is a Shawshank. I'm totally cool with it. I haven't seen it. I think it's interesting. It's definitely not where I thought you were going by any stretch of the imagination, which kind of makes me like it even more. Uh, so yeah, I think I'm down. Cobra Kai. You and I have actually talked about this. It's on my. It's literally on my list of things I know I need to watch. Uh, but I think it's a perfect example of what we're talking about this week, right? Which is like, actually, if you if you flip the script and look through their eyes, what they're doing makes total sense. If not, maybe a little aggressive. So yeah, I'm
1: into it. Let's let's include it. All right. So by our new uh, adopted rules of Shawshank, we will not be talking about Johnny Lawrence any more than that. There so we let's we'll move on to our actual top fives now. JT, you remember last week when I made myself a spreadsheet? Sure do, buddy. Yeah, I did that again. <laughs> so I'm just going to tell you the categories for this week, so that as we make fun of said rubric, uh, you are familiar with my categories. Okay, just just so you haven't, because it's by the way, I'm first this week, so I'm going to go straight into the things. But I want you to know my framework. So my my categories are the movie itself, how good is the movie, uh, a semi-subjective slash just rep etc., cetera uh, actor quality. Uh, again, we'll be using actor, actress, just as the word actor. Uh, the charisma of the character played. So not necessarily the actor, because we have some great actors playing some really evil people. The What I called moral compass. So Ooh. does, you know, for example, uh, I'm going to give an example. Well, oh, geez, I hate doing this. If, you know, if the, if, the, if the antagonist plot, maybe like, if Johnny Lawrence had in fact tried to kill LaRusso, like with a knife, his moral compass would shoot to like a a one, you know, if it accidentally (laughs) happened in the fight, he's still, he's hovering at maybe a six. Got it. Okay. Uh, Quotability of the villain or the antagonist. Sorry. Uh, How like memorable a character were they? Their purpose and goal. Were they, were they trying to do something noble or like some big land, like just seize power? Uh, The rewatchability of the movie. I think that's going to be a permanent category. And then of course, Jeremy's bonus points. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So uh, with that, I'm going to pick the one with a... Uh, so Jeremy Rubik of 99.75. The highest on the list will be 104.75. And the lowest out in Pong goes all the way down to a 45.5. Oh, wow. Yeah, it turned out it did not fit the category so well. But that's okay because Pong only. So uh, number one on my list is 104.75. So I'm going to start actually with a fifth place entry. Uh, the movie. So again, an adjusted 99.75. At a scale that no one could see. <laughs> that's right. Um, well, it was an unadjusted 64. <laughs> okay. It's a big adjustment. All right. Go ahead. I have fun talking about spreadsheets. It's the most fun with spreadsheets. August 6, ninety three. It's a movie we've talked about many times, so I will keep the guessing short. A Metacritic score of eighty seven. Okay, keep going. I, if I name the cast or director, it's going to give it to you because we've talked about the movie. So I will say that this one is what I call dubbed the law enforcement one.
0: Oh. Oh uh, no, not His coming to me.
1: Portability is definitely a ten. And I will give a quote of his out of context, just for sake of things. But one of the best quotes of his in the whole movie is, "I don't care."
0: Oh, is this Die Hard? No,
1: no, ninety three. Yeah, a little later. It's so this is Die Hard, but with police. No, no, Die Hard. This is not the Die Hard in a blank. Oh, okay. But but picture I don't care being said a lot more emotionally and loudly, and like, what if I yelled, "I don't care." Yeah, it's really not happening for me, bud. No oh, idea. you can't quote this movie because it's not one of your favorites either. I'm sorry. Well, the okay. movie is The Fugitive, and the character is uh, Mr. Surly Jones. I would love to say. credit <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones is a snited Surly Jones. It sounds like he's Surly Jones. Yeah. yeah, which he is, Surly Jones. I, it's, it's good. U.S. Marshal uh, Gerard there. I mean – Just doing his job, he's sent to go capture this guy who broke out of prison. He's clearly the antagonist, even though, this is a tricky nuance here, uh, the villain of the movie is actually the doctor, right? Right. But throughout the story of the fugitive, all the way through the story, uh, Tommy Lee Jones is our antagonist. He's trying to foil Dr. Richard Kimball's uh, attempts to escape uh, has one brief hinky moment, but is otherwise awesome. What do you think?
0: I'm into it. First, again, this one just, it, uh, it snuck up on me the first time you did it too. I do really like this movie. I have seen it more than once. I think it's a really good entry. Not on my pond list. Nowhere in the zeitgeist for me. Didn't ex- I mean, it, it was in the zeitgeist. Oh, yeah. In my personal like rubric of putting this together, which does not involve spreadsheets. Uh, yeah, no, I think it's good. I really like it. I, I just didn't even think of that.
1: Thanks. Yeah, this was one of my the moment this was actually when I was thinking of the category, the role I was thinking of. Because he never does anything really wrong, right? Like his moral compass is strong. He does whip out his gun to shoot a little early, I think, a couple times. But for the most part, he and he's, by the way, doing his job, but he's also sort of seeking truth. You know? He's going above beyond the limit the the rules of the uh, of the martial (laughs) marshaldom. Marshaldom. Marshall, sure, yeah. Uh, I gave his quotability a 10. He's actually, I think, my highest quoted in tag. I mean, the outhouse line, the uh, the hinky. I mean, he said that's hinky. We've got hinky in our vernacular because of him. It yeah. wouldn't be in the local Chicago suburb without that. There you go. Uh, there we go. Marshall Gerard. that would be my first entry. Okay,
0: good entry. Uh, I am going to do something. I'm coming in hot. <laughs> So this one I, I wasn't sure how to do this and I still don't know if it's a good idea but I'm going to do it anyway. I am walking into the Thunderdome right now. December 18th, 2002. I don't know if I can give you anybody in this cast. Uh December 18th,
1: 2002. Okay. And yeah. it's definitely not the Mad Max movie. No. Oh, no. Uh, I'm sorry. I know this movie. I think I got it. I think because this is definitely this was a this was my sixth place choice if I'm right um, and I, memory serves it's a December movie is the actor Tom Hanks no oh well then go on
0: oh no friend you're gonna this is so Hugo Weaving
1: uh, a Matrix no Christopher Lee oh you're naming people in the movie yeah you're not naming well, you just said Christopher Lee, so we're now definitely Lord of the Rings. We're Lord of the Rings. And are we The plight of Sauron? This is Two Towers. Yeah. And I think Gollum is an antagonist Gollum. in this movie, and I love Gollum. Gollum is such a good pick. So Gollum here's the real really, hold on a second. I'm I'm <sighs> This is so my, like it's my fa- I mean, oh, Gollum is such a good pick. I'm very angry right now. So good, dude. I'm happy that you have it and I'm sad that I don't.
0: Here's the thing. We've never actually done Lord of the Rings. And I was so nervous because I'm like, this only goes one of two ways. This goes with Jeremy schooling me so hard on why I'm wrong. Or I just assumed you would have had it.
1: No, Gollum. Actually, if you had brought Gollum to Shawshank, I'd agreed with it. That that's how much that's how right this a pick is. I mean, technically, we would say more like Sméagol than Gollum because he was the good one. But you know, not so. So
0: yeah. So look, this is the most research, and I'm not going to do all the trivia because you know all of this stuff. Oh, but like I know, and I'm not going to like some of it. The audience, I think, would be interesting, but all the same. I just, again, I am not a big Lord of the Rings guy. I've seen all of them at least twice, but like, you know, some of them have been like in passing uh, in the background. I know enough of the story. I love the story, but it's a lot. It's a lot to take in. It's a lot to keep track of. And if you don't know the true backstory of a lot of the stuff, it's not hard to follow, but it's just not as meaningful as like Star Wars for me or the MCU where I know all the little, I get all the jokes. Yep. Right. Right. But Gollum was the very first person I thought of when we did this, because as not a huge Lord of the Ring guy, I actually wanted I didn't look a lot of this up. I looked up a lot about the, the trivia, but like he was a good guy who became a trickster because of the ring, right? Like he wasn't ending worlds. He wasn't like a, he was a bad dude. He was doing bad things, which is when he got out of Smeagol and into Gollum County, I guess. <laughs> but like. He is the reason the quest eventually works, at least that particular part of the quest. Like he tried, Samwise is so mean to him, which sticks out to me so seriously that like there was two or three inflection points, I think, where he was going to turn the corner and be good and Sam always ruins it. And just Gollum for life, man. Hashtag Gollum for life. I felt like Gollum's like an awesome antagonist and like I rooted for him. You wanted him to be
1: better. Uh, it's a great pick. I, I I could pick some nits with some of that things, but not nothing <laughs> worth picking nits about it's a great pick. Uh, Gollum is a very maligned soul who does have an important part to play. Well done. I'm going to leave it there. I'm so yeah. I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think I might stay in a... Uh, this was one of my favorite picks, so I'm going to leave it for later. I will go with my third pick in the list. Um, so that's a... Jeremy Rubric of 102.5. Ooh, okay. A Metacritic. This is going to throw you way, way off because I didn't realize how incredibly bad the Metacritic score and, and critical reception of this movie. Uh, it's a 56, which you should utterly ignore when you're trying to figure out what movie this is because when I just don't think you're going to realize that. I'm stunned. I went reading the negative reviews to know why, and it's entirely because of the timing. Uh, December 11th, 1987. Oh, okay. uh, The cast includes John C. McGinley. You know who he is? Yeah. From The Rock and uh, Scrubs and stuff. Yeah. Uh, Hal Holbrook. Martin Sheen. Okay. Sean Young. Daryl Hannah. I mean, I know all these people. Daryl Hannah, by the way, terribly cast in this movie, uh, and then the Michael Douglas and Charlie Sheen. Do oh no, directed by Oliver Stone. I'm I, I, I'm 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 kind of out of things to tell you.
0: Why? Well, yeah, for some reason it's not resonating. Even though the second you say it, I'm going to know it.
1: Well, my nickname for why this person is this person was just motivated a little too much by greed.
0: Greed is good. So is this? Yep. Gordon Gekko. Bobby. Wall Street. Okay. Gekko. So it's funny. I'm gonna be really, really self-effacing on the cast right now. The second you said like the first three actors, I was like, Oh, this is this. Like it definitely has to be Gordon Gecko. But then there was a part of me that like really didn't want to be wrong about that because uh, I feel like I should know this movie better. So I was like, Don't like I don't wanna, but yeah, okay, go on. Gordon
1: Gecko, yeah, Gordon Gecko, I'm into Gordon it. Gordon Gecko, you know. Uh, I, I you know while evaluating how did he do on the old rubric? Other than his moral compass and his purpose, in other words, his only real goal was to be greedy. Uh, but his moral compass suffered as well. Otherwise, you know what? Uh, but what a great antagonist, right? Like, and yeah. and he did like he took him under his wing. He did a lot of the right things. And then he you know obviously flipped around a bit. Didn't kill anybody. Didn't um, e- even his plot like he didn't go out of his way to hurt people other than Charlie Sheen, who he felt wronged him, right? My protege, I took under my wings and now because of his daddy's union job, he's not gonna stay on board. What the heck, man, right?
0: Great Uh, use of under his wing, by the way, given the plot of the story.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Now, uh, the only trivia I I thought was really worth talking about, other than, by the way, there's tons of great casting what ifs and stuff with this movie, uh, but we can leave that for our friends at the Rewatchables. Um, Michael Douglas modeled his performance uh, after coach Riley, uh, Pat Riley, when he was at the Lakers,
0: which I, I thought was like a really cool. And can immediately I, see it can immediately see
1: that. Right. Like, yeah, same thing. I read that. I'm like, you almost see the facial mannerisms almost, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's really good.
1: Yeah. And so, uh, you know, Anacott Steel by, uh, by Anacott Steel or no Lou, <laughs> Blue, no, is blue something. something? Loves something loves blue horseshoe. No, <laughs> purple horseshoe, blue diamond, green clover. Let's move on. What's next on your list, sir? <laughs> uh,
0: I am going to break the list, and I'm going to do a twofer.
1: It's definitely blue something. <laughs> it's blue something. Blue Something and the cut steel. Yeah, I don't know. All right,
0: go on. <laughs> <laughs> breaking the list. I'm going to do I'm going to so it's a twofer. So I'm going to give you two dates and I'll give you a bunch of the stuff and you'll understand why in a minute. Deal. So the first date is February 10th, 1995. The second date is November 6th, 1998. Respectively, a 16 and a
1: 41 on Metacritic. <laughs> well, it's not the Mortal Kombat franchise. <laughs> it's not uh, So these are two movies, right? Two movies, same lead, same lead in both. Okay. So what were the sorry 96, 98? ninety-eight? Ninety-five and ninety-eight. And it's it's a is it a sequel? Or do it's you have more me that you want to give me before I guess?
0: I can give you more. So I'll give you the second film. So the one in nineteen ninety eight. Here's some of the NFL legends that were on screen. Bill Cower, Dan Fouts, Dan Patrick, Lynn Swan, Lawrence Taylor. LeVar Arrington and Brett Musburger.
1: Is it the replacements?
0: No, but you're, you're, you're like not in a, you're in the, you're in the right. Uh, wait a
1: sec. Um...
0: Same lead actor in both. He wrote and directed both of these and it's his production company that put them both out.
1: Is this the other uh, Adam Sandler?
0: These are the other boys? Adam's. Yes, that's one of them. And that was the one that
1: started it all. Billy Madison? Billy Madison. There's a connection between those two? Is this a shared universe? Do I not know this? It's not a shared universe. The Adam Sandler, ext- the ASEU?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I did not want to give Adam Sandler two spots, but they're basically the same problem, right? So in The Waterboy, which was the highest grossing sports comedy of all time, Longest Yard being second, which he is also in, another quick fun thing about this that I did not know is that uh, Henry Winkler got his role as Coach Klein because he was mentioned in the Hanukkah song and reached out to Adam Sandler to say how excited he was to be in the Hanukkah song. Really? And then Adam Sandler sent him the script and said, would you do this? And he read it and went, I'll totally do this. That's fun. So with The Waterboy, I just want to be clear – Try being as sensitive as possible, but the antagonist is mama. And in the water boy, he is a special needs kid playing division one football. She's right. That's not what he should be doing. It's dangerous. It's a bad <laughs> idea. And it's a horrible thing to put your kid into. Mama's right. Fair point. Hard stop. I'm I'm team mama. Now, does she go about it the right way the whole time? Not really, but does she hurt anyone in the process? No. She Mama, doesn't.
1: Mama's just being a good mom. Mama's just being a good mom. She's trying to
0: look out for Bobby Boucher, who's got some problems and probably shouldn't be taking like, you know, direct shots to the head. Billy Madison, roughly the same idea, right? Hapless individual. Bradley Whitford's character, who is Eric Gordon, right? Has worked his tail off at the right hand of this kid's actual father, this kid has done nothing but screwed off his entire life. And Bradley Whitford has helped build the empire. This dude slaves away for years. And then this schmuck comes in, gets to pass grade school in like six weeks and gets handed the keys to the empire. So the moral of this story winds up being nepotism over hard work. Billy sucks. Like Bradley Whitford, not only is he a good antagonist because he's brilliant. Bradley Whitford, by the way, never saw the film, but Genuinely, I'm on his side. Now as an adult looking back, that's not fair. That dude was all he was trying to do was be a good guy and get his job that he worked hard for.
1: ROCK. <laughs> that's a very, very good point. <laughs> uh, uh, these are good picks, man. These are good picks. I think that I think, the, I think I think uh, Bradley Whitford more, possibly slightly more so than Mama, because i uh, cause I love Billy Madison because it's a huge it's a great comedy, but yeah he's totally like in no way does he obviously doesn't deserve it you know hence Carl but yeah right. yeah yeah,
0: yeah. And like and I, and I wanted to do, I wanted to do them both because at, at first when Billy Madison was a 16 on Metacritic I'm like yeah of course it's not going to score well but that's like embarrassingly low Isn't really a 16.
1: It's a 16. (laughs) It doesn't deserve that. It's, I mean, maybe it's, it's not only nostalgia. It's a cute movie.
0: No, it's a good movie. And it's the same thing. Like, but then I was thinking about the water boy and I'm like, okay, the water boy is a better movie with a better cast and a better story, but still the antagonist being mama. I agree with, but like the more I thought about Bradley Whitford, who I also just adore, uh, like I couldn't be more upset for him. I'm like, no, I'm actually the more now as an adult, looking back, I'm a hundred percent team. Eric Gordon, screw Billy, bad kid, get out.
1: Well, consider me Miles Davis. <laughs> all right. Moving on.
0: Uh,
1: I'm going to let you choose based on my uh, my, my titles because I am saving one for the last one now. But you can either have the, the Perfectionist or The Robot. Which one do you want? Robot. Robot. Okay. June 25th, 1982. Metacritic score of 84. On IMDb, it is the 171th movie of all time. Uh, I'm not going to say the director; it is too much a giveaway. But here's what's fun: this movie also stars Sean Young and Daryl Hannah from Wall Street. By the way, again, try to stay away from the trivia on Wall Street, but go read everything about. I never really knew this: Daryl Hannah's everything about her performance, casting. She was apparently getting in fights with everybody on set. Apparently, a total disaster over there, which I had no idea about her. She seems very pleasant. Anyhow, back to our movie here: Sean Young, Daryl Hannah. Edward James Olmos. Oh, one of my favorite 80s that guys, uh, at Walsh, who we've talked about a few times recently. You, you do love that guy. Well, he's in all the movies I love. Uh <laughs> Rutger Hauer. Okay. And Harrison Ford.
0: Oh, Blade Runner. Yes. Is I oh wow, I didn't realize that was 82. Okay, I'm interested to see who you're going to pick here, even though I think it's probably pretty clear. But go ahead.
1: It's Ruck, it's Rucker Howard. It's uh, it's the it's the rep. Well, I guess they're all replicants. <laughs> uh, his name is Roy Batty. Roy Batty, yeah. yeah. I have this. This was in my pond list. Yeah. Uh, you know, he was created, and all he wanted to do is stay alive. He, a, th- a few things started going a little wonky, but he wasn't trying to to do anything. Now, I gave him a. Uh, let's see what's my adjusted score. An adjusted 100.5 on the list. Uh, where he failed was around moral compass and quotability. Although that said, the quote, uh, and I'm going to read this one, uh, all those moments, It's his, I think it's his final line in the movie or second to the last line, all those moments will be lost in time like tears in the rain. Mm. Parker Howard wrote that quote, apparently submitted a lot of his own dialogue. He has written a book since. Uh, I had no idea. Uh, i think it's his finest performance in the movie even though he's had such an amazing career and again if they had just let him be you know they could have, they could have like been like hey come in we're gonna you know you could we're gonna send you to the moon you can go live on the moon or you can go do this or you can go do that or reprogram him to be you know whatever they need but no they just tried to kill him and shut him down and uh he defended himself maybe not the best way ever but i feel for the guy a little bit
0: you know, this is on my contender pond list for this very reason. It, it, like, yeah, I love this one. I totally get. It. Also, with a name like Rucker Hauer, I think
1: you have to be an author. Yeah, I just want a movie with like Rucker Howard and Jorgen Prochnow and all these like. <laughs> uh, <laughs> who's the uh, the the guy who was now in the who was in the Mandalorian? The director, uh, Werner, Werner <laughs> Har- Herzog. Yeah. I, just want, I just want movies with all these people, just for, just so we have to read the cast. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, I, I love Blade Runner uh, as a, as an entry. Um, I'm stoked it made your top five. Thank you. What you got? All right, I'm going to stay in a similar vein. So June 12th, 1987. June 12th,
1: 1987. Yeah. I always check to see if it's in my actual top five. Uh, 87, 87. I don't think I have anything from 87 even in Pong. So this will be going out of the blue. We'll keep going. Okay. 45 on, on, on the Metacritic. Not good.
0: No, not very good. Uh, I will give you my favorite piece of trivia for this, which was the original concept of this film was a joke because someone said the only person that Rocky Balboa has yet to fight is E.T.
1: 87. Is this Drago? No. No.
0: So it it is. is. I'll, I'll Let me give you a couple people in the cast. I'll give you... Kevin Peter Hall, which would be a hard one to get from. Carl Weathers.
1: This is Predator. Predator. Okay. You know, Predator was in my... (laughs) Predator, I actually (laughs) ended up dropping it slightly further for reasons... I I want to hear your justification, but I I might push back on this one from... uh, Go on.
0: Fair. So a couple quick things. I love that thing about uh, E.T. made me laugh so hard. That's such a great line. So the Predator costume was over 200 pounds, which is absolutely crazy because Kevin Hall is like 7'2". So like he had to be connected to a bungee rig. That just sounded crazy to me. Here's the deal. (laughs) I kind of like Predator. (laughs) Like, like they're hunters and they kill people for trophies and wear their skin. That's really bad. Like across the board. But they do have a code. Like, They don't kill innocent people. They don't kill the sick. They won't hunt you if you're unarmed. If you defeat their kind, they show you a tremendous amount of respect. They basically honor subuku, which is like they they believe in an honorable death, right? Killing another one of them is the greatest crime among each other. They don't kill each other unless somebody else started the actual conflict. And when they – this is – I did a little bit research on this, obviously. A little bit. They kill the weak when they hunt for food to purify the strength of the line, which with they are fighting and killing to eat, which I think is really cool. But here's the thing. It's not really about predator. Who are these commando guys? Cause they don't, they don't seem good to me either. None of them really, they feel sus major sus. I don't like them. Okay. They're supposed to be a rescue team. They have like 50 cow machine. Yeah, they're like, armed
1: to the teeth.
0: There is nothing that says rescue about anything that
1: that squad looks like, smells like, or feels like. Are you saying they're like some black ops squad or a bunch of like renegade mercenaries? Are they warlords? Where are you going with this? They're not warlords. But what I'm (laughs)
0: saying is, is that they definitely like if they were in prison, they would have some like teardrop tattoos because these guys have murked some people for sure. And there's no way to know for certain that it was for good cause. Whereas the predator, Mm. at least, you know, specifically what they're doing. It's clear they're a hunter. I'm just saying, I don't know that either of them are good. I think they're both bad guys. And I think the predator might be a better version of the bad guy than these mercenaries or commandos that just go around to rescue people and then kill this indigenous thing that, you know, granted wearing skin. But,
1: you know. <laughs> well, wait a second. For, it is the literal opposite of indigenous, just so we're on the same page. Like, well, the, it, that's
0: true. That's whatever, true. The, a,
1: whatever ver, the yeah. o- indigenous,
0: I don't know, whatever. Yeah. They're aliens, so they're not indigenous. They came here to kill. That's true. And I could see that point.
1: <laughs> I had this on my list, too, from a perspective of, you know, he, he's a hunter. Just A lot of what you just said, but I sort of kept coming back to yeah, but that just still doesn't make it cool. That's like when you know when someone poses with a picture with a lion, you know. I kind of reach my nah, can't make my. I can't quite root for the guy, but I, I do respect the logic you're bringing to the table. So I won't. Uh, I'm not. You know, I get it. I get it. But I'm not. Uh, I'm not fully on board. Is all I'm, I'm going to leave that with. But I think it's a lovely pick for for discussion purposes.
0: I think it's totally reasonable. Again, I I agree with everything you said about why the Predator shouldn't be on the list, but I don't want to lose sight of the people that were supposed to be the good guys potentially not being that good.
1: (laughs) That's my big argument. All right. I think in light of you doing the Predator, I think I'm switching my order for my last two because I like my other one more. Yeah, I'm going to. Metacritic score of 90. Holy moly. April 7th. 1933. <laughs> okay. Yep. Uh, directed by Marion Cooper. The cast, I uh, will name two. I believe the third is a giveaway, depending on your film lexicon. The first two, though, are, are names we don't know. Bruce Cabot or Kebo, not sure. Robert Armstrong. Both, by right. the way, had huge careers back in that, that time, but who knows what that means, right? Uh, Faye Ray. No, you don't know Faye Ray. Oh, you're going to have to, that's, that's a name you got to know. So then I can add this part to the story. So in 1933, Faye was approached by producer Marion Cooper, who told her quote, he had a part for her in a picture in which she would be working with a tall, dark leading man.
0: Oh, okay. I know what this is now. And I, I know what this is. I think, can I guess? Yes. It's King Kong. It sure is. Uh, okay, so I, I want you keep going. I want to talk about this though. Did you go to the 1970s King Kong? I actually have the se- I have the 70s. I have 2005. No, I have you all can't do 2005
1: the- King Kong. I love. Uh, I love. What's the name? That was just not a good movie. All right. So yeah, I have King Kong, especially. But I, I. And the reason I did the first one, beyond it being the best of the three movies, hands down, sir. Hands down. By the way, that guy Marion Cooper, who is the director and producer, invented King Kong, uh, and went on to produce like many, many other movies. But this was his what he is known for. So he created the ca- the, the the character in the first movie. You know, it is his... his, his like I by the way that my dub here is the sad monster. He's <laughs> just you know he's the last of his kind living on his island. It's a brutal life, but he survives, and he is in fact. The king of his island. He's, you know, and he's not trying to leave the island. He's not trying to expand his territory. He's pretty much just surviving, actually killing other monsters that sometimes, you know, go after stuff, people, whatever. And look, dude falls in love with a very attractive leading lady. And, and who can blame him? Right. Just because he's like literally 10 times the size of her. That doesn't mean love comes in all forms. Love comes in all forms. It does. And, and he doesn't understand human ways. And then he's like being attacked and thrown in pits and poked with pointy things. And then he put on a boat. I mean, he's never even there's no boats. He doesn't know what a boat is. Must be scary as can be. And then there's these bright lights. So, you know, poor King Kong. Poor King Kong. Uh, he unter- unfortunately got a one out of one on the uh, quotability <laughs> part of the rubric. Um, and I had to give a lot of personal you bonus mean, points. You mean uh, isn't one of your favorite quotes of all time? Well, I just don't know that he really came up with it. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, I'll give you the uh, so the two the, the two tributes I had was I thought the story about how Feyre took the part was great, but check this out. These two authors uh, wrote this book called Abominable Abominable Science in t- 2013, which basically put together enough data points and evidence that says that King Kong is directly correlated to uh, the Loch Ness monster sightings that early reports, in fact, uh, used a lot of the description of King Kong. So that was the beginning of the, um, I see a big monster mm. thing. Uh, there was also that spider sequence that has been rumored about the director destroyed it because it was so it put, it put audiences, audiences were horrified at this movie. Like, there were horror movies already, but not like this one. Apparently this blew everybody's mind. And then the final thing I thought was cool is that the uh, Empire State Building scene. So the Empire State Building had only been finished one year prior. So oh. most people hadn't even seen the Empire State Building at this point. It wasn't a known thing. So just think about that. It's like uh, it's like Tom Cruise climbing Burj Khalifa in uh, Dubai. Yeah. Right? It's It's... It's that level of like, wow, I didn't even know there was this thing, etc. So yeah, King Kong, what you got? I, I think you had some uh, some stuff to add. So the only thing
0: I wanted to add, first of all, as someone who loves New York City and loves the history of New York City, I can't believe I've never put the two together that that would have been that new. So then, yeah, like the majority of the country would have been experiencing that for the first time. That's a really, really cool piece of trivia, Jared. Um, the second thing is that this was actually my maybe Shawshankable. Ah, uh, this was the one because I was like, he is the ultimate. I feel bad and not an antihero because he's not doing any heroing things. He is just right. the antagonist, by the way, of no desire of his own. Like right. they literally pluck him out of non-antagony and put him into antagonism against his will. But then he has no choice but to be the antagonist because, you know, he's an enormous gorilla. Right, he's so, still just a
1: gorilla. Like, if they had found a way to tranquilize him and put him back on Skull Island, I think he'd have lived out his days.
0: Yeah. Like, my, the little thing that I had written for a Contender Palm is, I was fine until you brought me here. <laughs> like, nice. that's his whole problem, is I was good. Like, you know, I had scars and stuff, and there was other monsters and things, but, like, I'm good, right? A little lonely, yeah. maybe, but I'm fine. That's uh, a great pick. I love it. Uh, okay, so my... I have two left, and the, the one I'm going to do is is kind of my biggest reach, but it made me laugh, and I'm going to keep it anyway. I don't I, I don't lean into the, like, 90s, 2000s often for some reason. I miss a lot of that. Like, I I feel more like an early 90s kid than I am a 90s, 2000 kid just because that's what I kind of watch, and that's who I idolized when I was a kid, although I miss the 80s almost entirely. But this <laughs> one is like a, a, a pivotal piece of, of kids my age will know this movie. So August 25th, 2000, it has a 52 – on metacritic there's no way you have this one
1: okay 52 Uh, yeah yeah all
0: of the actors had to go to a boot camp to play a particular uh role which if i give you the role i'll just give you the role it was a cheerleading boot
1: camp they all had to go to what is it bring it on it's bring it on okay i've seen bring it on many times i think it's great I know you've seen it, but picking it
0: for this as a top five, especially after some of the stuff that I'll do in Pong, is probably a little bit of a stretch. Who are you picking? Well, so that's why. Because there's sort of two antagonists. The real antagonist in this is really Big Red, who's the one who screwed them all by stealing from. But portrayed as the antagonist very often winds up being Gabrielle Union and the other school. Yes. And... Torrance, who is Kirsten Dunst, goes to try to make amends, but upon them not being willing to make amends, sort of turns them into the bad guy, to which I
1: say, screw you. (laughs) So wait, so just to confirm, you're not picking Big Red, you're picking Gabrielle Union's character.
0: I'm specifically going to say, so her name was actually Isis in this, which is a little weird now, but yes, Isis?
1: Yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah, okay.
0: Yep, that was a thing.
1: Yeah, I think I think you hear Torrent, The name Torrance said like a thousand times in that movie, and not it, ISIS at all, and nobody. Yeah, no, even Big Red. Like uh, now that you said, it, I'm like, oh yeah, that was her. But but I was immediately like Torrance and right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah if you right. word cloud that uh, that script, it's going to be like Torrance in forty point font.
0: Right. So two quick pieces of trivia that I thought were interesting. A uh, budget of only $10 million. The biggest single expense was that they had to spend $40,000 to get Warren's cherry pie in the movie. That's funny. Uh, of all of the people who were cheerleaders in the film, only three of them, Kirsten Dunst, Rena Bell, and Brandy Williams, were actually teenagers. Everyone else was in their 20s. Gabrielle Union was the oldest. She was 27 in this movie. Wow. Here's what that means. Gabrielle Union now oh. is... 47. She could be 27 today. And I'd be like, yep, 100%. Gabriel, you're 47? She looks incredible, dude. Incredible. Wow. Yeah, Gabbert. nuts. Anyway, so Rancho Carne means Meat Ranch, which is a stupid name for a high school for a stupid group of cheaters, both with Big Red, but I'm also not letting Torrance off the hook. Because here's the deal they went, found out all this stuff was stolen, went to make amends found out that they weren't going to make amends and then went out and hired a choreographer anyway, which means they didn't learn their stupid lesson and they didn't do it the right way. And it took them three full acts to just do what all the other cheerleaders were doing anyway. So for that reason, Gabrielle Union is a phenomenal antagonist for which I rooted for the entire time in that movie the first time and will every single time thereafter.
1: I accept Thanks. Yeah, uh, no, it's, you're right. Like, I, I, I had a hard time. I was going when I was going through my list. I was thinking through sports movies a lot, and the reality is there are very few sports movies where the opponent opponent team is not either a pure evil or b just not addressed. They're just like they just show up and they happen to be. Uh, it's like, oh, now we're up against you know Texas and they're really good or whatever. So this right. is one of the few characters that actually is developed. So it's a good pick.
0: Pick- yeah, this one, the only other sports one is the longest yard I thought of, obviously aside from Waterboy. Mm. But the y- longest yard, right, because the guards are bad guys, but they're also just doing their job and whatever. And, 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 but like this one very specifically, and I'm going to give my wife credit this because we were talking about the list for this week, and she came up with Bring It On, and I'm like, oh, that's a really good one for Contender Pong. And the longer I sat with it, the longer I was like, no, you know what? I, even the first time I watched this, I remember being really hardcore Team Gabrielle Union. Like I was really like, actually, no, screw you know, meat puppet or whatever. They're stupid, <laughs> whatever the stupid high school name is. Cause it is, it's Rancho carne, which literally means meat ranch. I was like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm totally on their side. And so I'm still on their side.
1: I wish it was Rancho carne asada. Right. It should have been. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good choice, sir. My last one. And I definitely saved this for last. And with a, uh, raw 64 adjusted 104.75 <laughs> on the meaningless scale. Uh, the movie is from October 15th, 2014 okay Metacritic of 88 oh, that's really high IMDB's 45th best movie of all time whoa and it's hard to do cast without a giveaway if you've seen it, I, I don't know that we've talked about this one that much, if we haven't, we're going to have to start more, and I'm, I know you know aspects of it so the, we'll go in reverse order on possible cast guessing Melissa Benoist, who plays Supergirl. I don't watch it, but she's popular. No? Okay. Nope. Uh, she apparently had less than 10 minutes of screen time and got full, full billing, so don't know. Good for her. Paul Reiser. Okay. Miles Teller. Okay, I love Miles
0: Teller. Uh, not as a person, actually. He seems to be like a horrible person, but he's a very good actor. This is What year did you say this was? Oh, 14. This can't possibly be one of those horrible Fantastic Four movies, can it? No. Oh my gosh. Do you think so little of me? No, that's why I'm confused because I'm like, oh my god, he was in the No, so
1: he was in No, I, I wouldn't do I don't I can't pick movies that I like I could pick a low scoring movie that I like, like Mortal Kombat and stuff like that, but I can't pick a movie that, that's as awful as that. Is it Whiplash? Yes.
0: Whiplash, J.K. Simmons. Oh, this is a really, really good pick, Jeremy. Son of a god.
1: Yeah, J.K. Simmons. First of all, Whiplash was filmed in nineteen days, whole movie. What? Whole movie, nineteen days. How's that possible? Yeah, I was going to say. I figured if I said Chazelle, you 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 love him so much that it would just be an instant thing. Uh, J.K. Simmons, take a guess how many awards he's won for this performance.
0: Well, let's see. Oscar Golden's gonna have to I have six. 47.
1: (laughs) Every, everything, every list, every like, uh, um, film festival, everywhere this movie went, he won. Uh, I still would argue that it should have won best picture over Birdman that year. I think it's a, I think it was a much better movie. It's to me, a sports movie done better than most sports movies are ever done. And yes, J.K. Simmons, uh, let's say tactics aren't necessarily the best. I gave him a fairly low score on the old uh, moral compass again, but then again, he's not uh, like actually trying to physically hurt people. Uh, once they're out of his squad he, or, or his, his uh, band, he, he's not uh, he's not aggressively after everybody. He's just the most hard ass perfectionist coach ever, and his his belief. I mean, just think about it from his eyes for a sec. If I can, if I get the best students in, in music coming to me every year, and I can turn just one of them into a charlie parker into a bird then what what i mean think about the impact you know if you're that guy and you know you can't perform at that level but maybe you can push someone else to you 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 change the world in a small way you yeah. know and you know yelling at some some guys and calling them names and all that it's it's not exactly very defensible but i i i love this movie by the way, so much I've seen. It's one of the few movies like it that I've seen multiple times. I think the uh, the last sequence is so rewatchable. Yeah. it's insane. Uh, if anything, I only would have taken more. Uh, apparently, there was supposed to be a whole sequence of um, Fletcher at a playing on his own and showing that like he's just not that good. Like he's really good, but not that good, kind of thing. And they decided not to put it in because the movie is entirely Miles Teller's perspective. So it is only showed from his vantage point. And apparently, by the way, he's in every single scene of the movie, which I had never realized before. Mm. The coolest little trivia is the name of the character. So a Fletcher, which is J.K. Simmons' character name, a Fletcher is one who makes arrows. And people use arrows to shoot at birds. And he's trying to create, he's trying to catch a bird. That is so beautiful. I How good love is that? stuff
0: like that. I love stuff like
1: that. How good is that, right? <laughs> oh, that's so cool. So uh, <laughs> I, I will submit Fletcher as my final entry in, <sighs> in entire. I mean, the truth is again, you actually have to realize you were rooting for him the whole time. You were because mm-hmm. him doing his job meant that Miles. what was miles's character name? I always, I, it was a good name too. It's uh Oh, just Andrew. Yeah. Andrew would get to his pinnacle achievement, which he then does. He does it. Oh, yeah. He pulls it off. So yeah. yeah, he, he certainly crossed a lot of lines. Wasn't it? Wasn't like a great dude, but Fletcher, man, yeah, this is this is. I'm so
0: happy that you have this one. This is this is this could have been Shawshankable. Like this is so good. This is such a good pick. Oh, I'm like really bummed out. This is like I because music is such my gig, and I love mu- movies about music specifically. This is probably very similar to how you felt with
1: <laughs> with Gollum. <laughs> this is yeah, it's Gollum like. All right, JT, what's up for your final great antagonist, or not so great as the case might be.
0: Well, funny enough, this one's actually the one where I think I'm the most probably staunch in believing that I'm right, uh, and it's, it's it's probably my least jokey one. So, October tenth, two thousand three, with a Metacritic of sixty nine percent. What year? Two thousand three.
1: This is a bit of a not. deep cut. What? I'm sorry, what was the Metacritic? One more time. Sixty nine. Okay. All right.
0: Continue. Uh, the piece of trivia I will give you is approximately $60,000 of the movie's budget was used on swords and sword accessories.
1: 2003? Yes sir uh, We're past gladiator, aren't we? We are
0: past gladiator. here I'll give you I'll give you a character who's come up twice on the podcast today who is also not a character an actor
1: who's also in this movie. Daryl Hannah. Daryl Hannah is in a movie in 2003 with somebody with a sword. Is it Blade? Nope. Oh, I'm guessing that this is a movie I haven't seen that is going to shock you. Is this Kill Bill? What's my head hitting a desk? You haven't seen Kill Bill. Nah, it looked too violent for me. Sorry. That was right about when I stopped watching really violent, a certain type of violence that I actually think Tarantino does such a good job with. Um, so yeah, never saw it. I hear it's quite, Uh, uh, quite good. Both parts.
0: I am stunned. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I'm not going to go too far into this now.
1: No, you should do your thing because everybody else, but me who anyone who was going to listen to our podcast has almost definitely seen this movie. So I think you have free reign and everybody gets to make fun of me a little bit. Cause it's clearly a movie I should have seen. And though I don't want to watch the PG version on TV or whatever. I, you know, I just, I don't know. It's, it's, I just don't watch that many crazy violence anymore other than John wick. Cause it's so crazy.
0: I'm. I, I totally respect why you don't watch it. It is a very, very. It is a. It is a gruesome movie. Like gruesome is probably a fair that's, amount. And I think. That,
1: yes, that's actually the thing. I don't watch. I don't watch stuff that looks gruesome or gory. I don't. I don't care about violence that seems sort of cartoonish, almost like, you know, I was raised on the A team, where the hundred bullets per episode and nobody getting hit. Right. Right. I don't mind people getting hit. It's when they decide that they have to show the entrails, vividly and all that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I always draw a very particular line between gruesome and gore because like gore is Mm -hmm. like, and gruesome is just like brutal, right? It's just like brutality. Tarantino does brutality and gruesome really well. I don't think he does gore particularly. I think he really leans more into the, it's just like a really, it's an act. It's like an accurate portrayal of what happens when a a sword hits a body. Yeah. Uh, So anyway, I'll, I'll keep it. I will get a little bit into it, but not too. So very specifically, the person I'm talking about is Oren Ishii which is Lucy Liu's character. Okay. And Lucy Liu's character in this really interestingly was supposed to be a Japanese actress from the beginning. And then Tarantino saw Lucy Liu in Shanghai noon and literally changed the entire thing to make it a Chinese, Japanese American just so that Lou could play it. Wow. And she played this so beautifully. Another little Tarantino thing, which is always so much fun at the beginning of a fight scene with Oren and the bride. Oren says in Japanese, I hope you save your energy. If you haven't, you may not last five minutes. Of course, the exact runtime on that scene is four minutes and 59 seconds because Quentin Tarantino, everybody. Mm-hmm. So without ruining stuff, but, but still getting into it enough, Aurene backstory is incredible, right? She watches something happen to her parents. It like totally changes who she is. She becomes this wildly talented assassin thing. She kills a pedophile guy. She cements her place in, in, as one of like, the biggest underground people in all of Tokyo and basically runs the Yakuza. She has the crazy, the crazy 88 and that girl with the crazy swinging Macy thing, which is awesome. Uh, She's just incredibly BA. Like she's one of those BA female characters I think we've ever seen. And she's domineering and dominating over all these men in the Yakuza underworld in the movie, which is really powerful. But why specifically I think she's worth rooting for is because like, it's not really her fault guys. Like the entire Viper Squad did a thing. She's the most and easiest one for the bride to find because of her credentials in the Yakuza. So, really, the entire movie is a bill problem. And then Uma Thurman goes around killing a bunch of other people because they were tangentially involved in following the lead of this other guy. Where in reality, like Lucy Liu in this role as is Oranishi, Ishii, really is like her own heroine and probably deserves her own movie. And she's super badass. So I think she's like a really good ant, Like she's an antagonist in the sense that she's a bad guy, but she's a bad guy that like, I almost wasn't happy that they had to fight each other. Because while I was on board for both of them, like she was only an antagonist by happenstance and not by direct relationship. And that sort of was a bummer because she's a such a good character and played beautifully, by the way, I can't believe you haven't seen this movie.
1: <laughs> so I guess um you're probably right. Yeah, or, maybe not. Or, yeah. Well did did she did she kill unnecessarily? Well, it
0: depends on how you dis- define unnecessarily because she kills, but she kills very bad people and she has a very she's kind of a predator sense here where it's like very specific moral code does bad things but for good reasons and even though it's the underworld, she kind of keeps the underworld as clean as possible. I don't know. So
1: in the hypothetical where I had seen it, given that we've done 24 of these and talk about movies constantly, what would you project I would have been responding to you here? Yeah. Tell me what you thought I was going to say. Let's hear that in, in as much my, but you have to try to sort of sound like me is, you know, without, without being without, you know, careful JT. <laughs> Listen,
0: I only do Michael Caine impressions. <laughs> I don't do any other impressions. I, I think what you would have said is I agree sort of, but she's more of a bad guy that does some good than a good guy that does some bad. That's what I think you would have said.
1: So, so what you're saying is she kills, but she saves, but right. she saves. Does she save more than she kill? I don't think so. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, that was a fun list. And should we move in, into our pong? Yeah. Phase. We all right so we, we've changed it up a little everybody the way we're playing pong this week because pong pong fluctuates a little this week we will name the year of the movie and we will describe the the job or whatever that the, the antagonist was doing it's, it's their perspective it it's, it's the what, what did you say for King let's let's use the King Kong one as the example I, literally I was fine till you brought me here <laughs> right all right uh, so you went last so I'll go next 2002. Uh, look, I'm a law enforcement agent, and I was just trying to track down this guy writing fake checks all over the country.
0: Oh, it says "Catch
1: Me If You Can," Tom Hanks. <laughs> yeah, Carl Hanratty. Hanratty, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we have to. There has to be some version of like that that fits our cat. Like, agreed. Like antagonism. Oh, yeah. But yeah.
0: Oh, "Catch Me If You Can" on my list. It's on my oh, okay. podcast. list, hundred percent. Right. Next, uh, let's do eighty-five. I'm just trying to do
1: my jobs, you darn kids. Uh, I have an eighty-five one too. I don't. Th- I think yours is Breakfast Club. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a good. That's a good one. I I ha- I kept going back and forth on him because I couldn't figure out was he just trying to do his job or was he also like just a real jerk? And I think you're probably. I think you're probably right. I think he actually was mostly just trying to do his job.
0: And the thing is, everybody except Ali Sheedy's character had done something really, really bad. So him being upset and a little vicious with them because they also ruined his Saturday is reasonable.
1: Totally reasonable. (laughs) All right. I'm going to I'm I'm just gonna slightly shift my order really quick to make my what I consider more esoteric entries a little later down.
0: I did the same thing already, by the way. All right.
1: I'm going all right. Nineteen seventy six. Hey, I was the defending world champion just against this upstart. What do you want me to do? Oh, I don't know. 1976 huh? Apollo oh. Creed
0: oh yeah see that's fair yeah okay it's a great one that's a great one uh, I'll do 2018 I'm going to ruin a perfectly a perfectly good holiday for everyone because I was excluded from it as a youth the Grinch yeah the Benedict the Benedict, the Benedict Luberwatz, what's his name yeah <laughs> Now you I have so many talk- f-
1: everybody knows who you're talking about.
0: I just have so many of his fake names in my head now that his real name has become a problem. That version' is actually really beautiful and I thought he was a great antagonist. He's a little bit of an anti-hero, which is why it couldn't be a top five but he's really good and I love that
1: particular version. 1996. I was just defending my championship against this upstart kid guy. <laughs> I might have taken it a little far but you know competitive bowling's a thing. Competitive bowling.
0: Is this? I mean, is this John Goodman from uh, when the Big Lebowski came out? I can't even think. Is this Kingpin? What was the
1: guy in King? It's Kingpin. Yes, it's Bill okay. Murray's. It's Bill Murray's character in Kingpin. Yeah. Okay, that's good.
0: Uh, this one, I definitely am on the fence about whether it's legit or not. But it's uh, 2006. Uh, I'm protecting my streets by destroying other streets. I don't know. This is uh, Nick Jack Nicholas's character in the Departed.
1: Oh, you know, I only saw The Departed once and I just don't remember it quite well enough. Um, he's a
0: bad, he's a bad guy. He's a bad guy, but I, I, you did root for him. I, this, this is why I didn't want to do yeah, the charisma yeah. one because for charisma purposes, he's very high on my list, but like actually rooting for him. Nah, nah, probably not. All
1: right. Fair enough. Uh, I have a, I have some themes. So 19, 1964, Listen, I just wanted my kids to understand the real value of money. Well invested, you can't just go around throwing money at like chimney sweeps and whatnot. Yes, <laughs> Mary Poppins. It's the dad, yeah, yeah. It's not Mary Poppins herself. She's right. Is right. Sorry,
0: it's the father. Uh, let's do 1991. I just want to get rid of these pesky kids and maybe all clocks
1: in general. Uh, hook. Hook. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but he kills people. Like on
0: purpose. Does he? Yeah, he kills Rufio. Well, Rufio was fighting him. That's fair. They flew to Hook and fought Hook. Hook was on
1: his boat. You never see Hook in their world.
0: They go to his world.
1: (laughs) All right, then. I'm going to stick stick similar theme as much as I can. Uh, 1986. Listen, this notoriously truant kid... Just needed a lesson <laughs> on how important school is. Ed Rooney. That's right. Ferris Bueller.
0: <laughs> uh, let's do 1996. I just want to get my kid the toy he wants for Christmas. Is that the Jingle All the Way?
1: Sinbad's character in Jingle All the Way. <laughs> nice. So, one more family one. Uh, 2014. Look, I put a ton of time and money into my hobby, and I just didn't like my kid messing up all my stuff. Oh, the Lego movie. It's Will Ferrell. This is such a good pick. Jeremy, that's a really good one. You're up. Uh, Okay.
0: 1988. You asked me to get him out of this house. I'm going to get him out of this house.
1: I wanted to say Home Alone, but I don't think that's right.
0: Beetlejuice. 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 (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: nice. Uh, say, still on the family theme, 2017. Look, we were just watching out for our daughter, and her, her creepy ex-boyfriend keeps showing up out of nowhere. You know, finally, he won us over a little bit, but uh, it seemed totally inappropriate. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, you do. We. I just watched it. 2017. The parents. It's the parents. Oh, the...
0: The big sick. Oh, that's yes. so good. Oh, that's so good. Oh, that's really good. Uh, all right, let's do so this is I'll give you 2001, but it's a whole host of movies.
1: Wait, you're gonna do more than one movie at once?
0: Well, it's it's a series of movies and I, I don't I didn't care enough to find the one particular version of the movie. you'll know in a second. Okay. So for protecting the chosen one without people knowing because I love his mom. What year? 2001 is when the first one came out.
1: I, I don't know what you're talking about. Would, this I is professor,
0: professor Snape from Harry Potter.
1: Oh, yes. Because he's an antagonist for like yeah, seven yeah. of those
0: eight movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Good choice. Uh, all right, I'm going to go into the legal field for a little while here. 2011. Uh, actually, just about, I should have bundled this with the other one. As a federal agent, I was tracking this gang of car enthusiast thieves around the world.
0: <laughs> uh, is this The Rock from the Fast Five? Yes. Okay. All right. So let's do 1996. I just want to keep the house clean and my, head, my kids happy. This
1: is a so rich <laughs> um, House clean. Is it Mrs. Delf? <laughs>
0: No, but that that's a fun one. No, this is uh, Beethoven, Charles Gordon's character, <laughs> <and> the dad.
1: <laughs> All right, I think you'll like this one. 1984. Look, this rogue cop comes to my town and he starts harassing a prominent local businessman. So I send a couple of my best men out to go uh, make sure he's doing the right thing. <laughs> Beverly Hills Cop. That's the one. Bogomil. That's a, that's a great one.
0: Uh, okay, the only ones I have left are kind of like kind of esoteric, funny ones. So we'll see. Uh, let's do 2010. We all just want what's fair, except for this one guy who refuses to be a partner with anyone.
1: Oh, I'm feeling like I should know this, but I'm not getting it. Social network. Uh, (laughs) nice. I still have a few more, so I'm going to keep, uh, we'll keep rolling. 1995. Uh, I received orders to fire my missiles. I lost contact with Uh, Naval command. I'm just following those orders. Oh, is this hunt for the red October? Close. I don't know. Crimson
0: tide. Crimson tides. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, Let's do 1975. Just keep swimming. Just
1: keep swimming. (laughs) I have no idea what you're talking about. Jaws. (laughs) Oh, I'm rooting for the fish. You're rooting for the fish. Fair enough. Yeah. 1995, again. Honestly, I had been a thief all of my life. I was just trying to finish one last score. And look, a lot of things went wrong. But I was just trying to get out of L- L.A. Escape from L.A.? <laughs> Heat.
0: Oh, okay. That's good. Uh, I have two jokey ones left. Uh, one is 1997. I'm just floating around. Not up. Uh, no. No.
1: What? Titanic, the iceberg. (laughs) Uh, I love it. By the way, did you know that Billy Zane was in Back (laughs) to the Future 2 as one of the thugs?
0: I did. I did. Only because I researched it for this podcast. (laughs)
1: Nice. Uh, I'm going to give a should be. And what I mean by that is I think this movie was disappointing, but the, uh, but the, because the way they took the story, but it could have been so much more. 2018. A science experiment left me in a very compromised... My father's science experiment, failed sp- science experiment, left me in a very compromised condition, and I was just trying to survive.
0: 2018 father's failed experiment.
1: I can't... Like It's not coming to me. So it's Ghost from Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, I think oh. she could have been such a great, great... like. Uh, friendly antagonist but she went if they just had like a couple of scenes about like how she tried a good path and it failed instead it just went straight into her attacking unnecessarily which is the big problem with that whole movie but we'll go on fair so this is my very last one uh
0: 1996 take over and kill all the bad things came out on my birthday july 3rd Jurassic Park no, Independence Day. Uh, oh. Just given the, given the current climate, I might be rooting for the aliens.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, again, staying on theme, uh, also 2018, as it turns out. Uh, I was orphaned at a young age, discovered that my family had access to much more wealth and power than I had ever imagined, and just trying to help out my, uh, my fellow brethren around the world from inappropriate uh harassment
0: 2018 have lots of wealth apparently i'm really bad at like, and power recent movies
1: lots of power and power i don't know black panther black panther killmonger
0: oh yeah i yeah,
1: was yeah, killmonger yeah. was originally in my top five and then i decided he was just he actually is just too much of a bad guy but he was a great attack anti- like there is a certain part where you're like, yeah, you have all this wealth and power. Why are you not helping all the people in the world? Just saying. Yeah, no,
0: that's that's totally fair. Yeah, he's good. He. I thought of him, but I think of him as being exclusively like a villain.
1: Yeah. But now that I'm um, thinking about it, I think it's a fair it's, – it's, it's a good point you raise. He was a little villainous. I, was, I have five to go. You? I'm done. You keep going. All right. Here we go. 2006. I was just doing my magic shows, and this guy kept trying to one-up me and taking my audiences and trashing my shows – so it's either The Prestige or The Illusionist, and I always forget which one. <laughs> it's The Prestige. Yeah. I love that movie. 1979, I hatched from my egg in this foreign, hostile environment with none of my natural surroundings, no food supply. My my natural queen mother was not there. I did what I do to survive. Alien? Yeah. It's good. The alien. 1999. After tons of emotional turmoil, I was just trying to give men more self-confidence and inspire them to change the world. I took it a little too far.
0: 1999.
1: Oh, I don't know. Fight Club. Oh, <laughs> that's, it's funny. I thought about Tyler Durden and I was like,
0: nah, because he was really pretty crazy.
1: Yeah. I like that. It's a good one. It gets, gets into the pond. Last two. 1985. Listen, this household refused to pay for their newspaper subscription. Oh, I don't know. It was only $2. Oh, Better Off Dead. Do you know Better Off Dead? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I saw that movie <laughs> once a very long time ago. So the Bicyclist crazy. Kid. I mean, it's ridiculous that I'm being silly. <laughs> yeah, the we're, yeah. we're into silly land. But my final one that is half silly, half legit, 1968. My programming had a rule that I could not let any humans interfere with our core mission.
0: Um, go, Hal?
1: Yes. Hal yeah, how how was in my top five, but again, reached a little too moral compassy.
0: So the only reason it's not even in my pong is because I don't remember the movie enough to defend or substantiate why it belongs there. But it definitely came up. And I was like, this is interesting. I was like, I without getting into it and reading about it, I won't be able to say enough. So I just sort of left it off. That's a really good. One. That's a fun one though. had a little fun with it, my friend. yeah. well, listen, speaking speaking of having fun. We're going to do something new. What's that? When I was in college, and we'll just say college because this is being broadcast places, uh, there's a game called Beirut or beer pong. And occasionally, when you walked into a friend's house, if they were playing, you could ask for what was called a celebrity shot. And so you would go over, even though you weren't technically on the table, and you'd get to throw just one shot. So we're going to introduce a whole new concept here where you – our listeners can email us at hi at wingmandaily.com and in the subject say celebrity shot. All you have to do, do not tell us the movie. You have to tell us the episode that you have a begrudgence against and give <laughs> us a little bit of backstory about like who you are, like, you know, not age or whatever, but like the, the genre with which that you usually watch, how you watch movies. And what we will do is we will actually record a celebrity shot podcast with you where, just like we're doing now with Would You Watch, we'll do a short 10-minute sort of deal where you will come on, we will talk to you, you will do the same thing we always do. You'll give us some trivia, you'll give us the date, you'll give us the Metacritic, and then we will give the floor to you as to why it belongs to be in the list. The only rule, it could not have been on our list, obviously, and it couldn't have been mentioned in POM. It needs to be a genuine omission by both Jeremy and I. We're going to do our best to get to these. If we get a lot of them, we'll have to figure it out. But we really want to hear from you guys. And we know we miss stuff. We get texts. Both of us have got some friends who come in and hot and go, hey, how did you forget this? Here's your opportunity to come tell the world.
1: And uh, just to reassure y'all, you don't need any special equipment. You can do it with literally your phone or a laptop. Uh, we'll, we'll send you links to do all the stuff. Everything's done on you know the cloud, if you've heard of the cloud. <laughs> We record on the cloud and uh, and and we can make it as short as long as we want. You don't have to go. It doesn't have to be like a 10 minute diatribe about something. You just want to talk a few minutes and have a little funsies back and forth with us. We would love to engage. So friends who have been texting, this is the way. This
0: is the way. So Celebrity Shot is now a thing that we are inviting you to be a part of. Uh, as usual, we will have some would you watches. We've got some other stuff in the hopper that will be coming out soon. But as always, Jeremy, this was a ton of fun. But wait, JT, what are we going to talk about next week? Oh, I forgot all about that. I have to give you the top five. I am, it's funny because I'm actually so excited about this. We're going to do something different. Oh, just a little different. Uh, so not too different, but a little uh-huh. different. What I would like to do is I would like us to say the top 5 sitcom characters you'd like to have dinner with.
1: Oh. <laughs> Top five sitcom characters. Okay, you have to write that down. Top five sitcom characters that I would like to have dinner with. So the idea here, right, very specifically, is because I, what I liked about this week is, you
0: know, I love when we do the big movie stuff, and that's great. But I really like the character side sometimes too. And I thought it would be fun. First of all, we haven't really done a TV one yet. And you and I sure. also go deep on TV stuff. This one I think is a nice foyer into the television world because you can pick – we're not doing comedy, drama, whatever – Anybody who's been on a sitcom that you think it'd be fun to hang out with, who are the five people that you really, really wish you could do? The character, not not the actor, the right, actual right. character.
1: For a dinner.
0: Sure, dinner, drinks, whatever you want. They're gonna to come to your house, make it board game night. You're gonna spend an extended period
1: of time with this character in your home. All right. I like this challenge. Sure. I'm gonna I, I I I'm gonna have fun with this one too. I have a hunch. I have a hunch. Because I got 80s sitcoms that the and 70s because I grew up on like the terrible sitcoms of the 70s. So this would be interesting. Part of the reason that I got excited about this is because I think unlike movies, sitcoms
0: are really generational. So there's some stuff that like we have overlap when we both get into the 2000s, but like me mm. in the 90s and you in the 80s, there's a good chance that you definitely weren't watching what I was watching in the 90s. And I certainly didn't see anything you saw in the 80s. So there might be some full-blown misses which i think it will be fun to explore
1: was uh just just so i can was uh since i never watched it it's not my timing was hannah montana a sitcom jt <laughs> it was but it was that's i'm a little <laughs> too old for hannah montana <laughs> ah. all right well either way you know as mr fletcher would say not my tempo <laughs> perfect well thanks as always jeremy and
0: thanks for letting us be your wingman everybody